As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! You shall not pass! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today. We wrap up Daniel Craig's run as 007 with No Time to Die. Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? Have you ever flown one of these? Nope. Harder to tell the good from bad, villains from heroes these days. What is it? You don't know what this is. He's going to kill millions. If we don't do this, there will be nothing left to save. James Bond has left active service. His piece is short-lived when Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Written by the team of Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, and Carrie Joji Fukunaga, and directed by Carrie Fukunaga, No Time to Die stars Daniel Craig as James Bond, Anna de Armas as Paloma, Rami Malek as Leustafer Safin, Leah Sado as Madeline, and features Lashana Lynch, Ralph Fiennes, Ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris, Jeffrey Wright, and Christoph Waltz. In 2006, the world was not ready for a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Bond. But Daniel Craig's free-running, fist-fighting action star won over the hearts of the long-standing franchise fans as a legitimate double O. And while the adventures of Bonds of yesteryear were more of a flavor of the week adventure, Daniel Craig's Bond delved into a backstory and a multi-film arc that added more complex layers to the world's favorite secret agent. And No Time to Die is a fitting end to that song. You see, each actor that's played Bond has played a different variation of him. But this time around, Daniel Craig dips his toes in each and every water. He's more gadgety than he's been previously. He tips his hat to all the classics, the Martini, the Aston Martin, the Walther PPK, the Bond women, and each of those that helped him along his way. As a Bond fan, this movie did so much service that I almost expected to be angry. But with a 163 minute runtime, there's more than enough time to make all of the fans happy. Now, while this isn't a perfect movie by any stretch, it's a perfect end to an imperfect super spy. The length hurts it a little, but the large set pieces and the perfectly cast villains and heroes keep you entertained for its entirety. While I, for one, will miss James Bourne, I mean James Bond, with every end there is a beginning. And now it is up to Barbara Broccoli and the team behind Bond to shift their eyes to the next 007 since, after all, it's just a number. I give No Time to Die an A. If you're tired of the same old style, give a shout to Nick at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road and get fresh. Book today by visiting boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Time to get into movie news you can use and let's start it off 
with Bond. Director Denis Villeneuve, who is currently doing press for his upcoming Dune movie, has said that he would love to direct a James Bond movie. While speaking with Josh Horowitz on the Happy Sad Confused podcast, Villeneuve was asked if he would like to direct a James Bond movie, and his answer was, quote, frankly, the answer would be a massive yes. I would deeply love one day to make a James Bond movie. It's a character that I've been with since my childhood. I have massive affection for Bond. It would be a big challenge to try and reboot it after what Daniel did. What Daniel Craig brought to Bond was so unique and strong and honestly unmatchable. He's the ultimate James Bond. I can't wait to see Carrie's movie. I'm very excited. I'm one of the biggest Bond fans. Villeneuve was also asked about the influx of superhero movies and those that have crossed his plate. While he said he's not the biggest fan of comic book movies, he did say that he would be open to the character of Batman. Quote, Batman would be probably the only character I could relate to. From what I read, like Arkham Asylum, a book like that, I got in contact with when I was an adult. It's for me the character that I could connect to. Villeneuve denied the rumors that he was ever spoken to about directing the Batman, but did say that if they were to approach him, he may just have forgotten because he was so deeply invested in Dune at the time. In the land of casting, Killian Murphy has signed on in Christopher Nolan's new movie to star as Robert Oppenheimer. The thriller, which we've discussed previously, is now simply titled Oppenheimer, with Murphy playing the pulse-pounding paradox of the enigmatic man who must risk destroying the world in order to save it. The film is being shot on a combination of IMAX 65mm and 65mm large format film, with production expected to kick off in early 2022. Universal Pictures have also announced that Oppenheimer will debut on July 21st of 2023. Jake Gyllenhaal, meanwhile, has signed on to star in the upcoming Studio 8 movie, Profit, based on the comic by Rob Liefeld. Jake Gyllenhaal will star as John Profit, a man who was conscripted by Germans near the end of World War II and subjected to scientific experiments that gave him superhuman strength. Extraction director Sam Hargrave is on board to direct Profit, based on a script by Mark Guggenheim. The movie will find John Profit volunteering for a Nazi experiment near the end of World War II in order to feed his family. After a bombing buries him alive and traps him underground for 20 years, he reawakens in 1965, where things are not great for him. The world has moved on without him, his daughter resents him, and KGB agents are after him to create super soldiers from his blood. The character itself has been described as the anti-Captain America and first appeared in Youngblood No. 2 in 1992 before being spun off into his own series. This past weekend saw a number of films release some official imagery. We got to see our first look at Timothy Chalamet's Wonka, as well as new images from the upcoming Scream reboot. We also got our first trailer for the upcoming Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, but most importantly, we got to see our first images from the upcoming Transformers movie. Why is it important? Well, the image that was released shows the Generation 1 Transformers well in their Autobot disguises. We also got a little bit more information about the movie itself. Transformers Rise of the Beasts is set roughly seven years after the events of Bumblebee and follows two archaeologists who get mixed up in a war between the Maximals, the Predacons, and the Terracons. We've also heard that parts of the story will take place in Brooklyn as well as Machu Picchu, Peru. The film will star Anthony Ramos, Dominique Fishback, Luna Lauren Velez, Toby Nugue, and Peter Cullen as the voice of Optimus Prime. Ron Perlman will star as the voice of Optimus Primal. Transformers Rise of the Beasts will roll into theaters on June 24th of 2022. 
Over in the land of streaming, it was announced recently that not only is David Bruckner's reboot of the Hellraiser film franchise starting filming last month, but that production itself has already wrapped. And now that principal photography is completed, Spyglass Media Group and Hulu have finally announced the film's cast, with the most important reveal being that transgender actress Jamie Clayton is taking over the role of Pinhead. It's also confirmed that the new Hellraiser will be released through the Hulu streaming service, and that the franchise creator Clive Barker is on board as a producer. David S. Goyer came up with the story for the new film, and the screenplay was written by Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski. Clayton will be joined by Brandon Flynn, Goran Visnik, Drew Starkey, Adam Faison, Aofi Hines, Haima Bass, and the previously announced Odessa Azion. Barker is also currently working on an HBO Max Hellraiser series that's headed up by David Gordon Green, Mark Verheiden, and Michael Daughtry. Over at Netflix, a series order of 10 episodes of a That 70s Show spinoff has officially been ordered from creators Bonnie and Terry Turner. Titled That 90s Show, the new series will see Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp reprising their roles of Red and Kitty Foreman. The official synopsis reads, Hello, Wisconsin. It's 1995 and Leah Foreman, daughter of Eric and Donna, is visiting her grandparents for the summer where she bonds with a new generation of Point Place kids under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll never dies, it just changes clothes. As of now, Rupp and Smith are the only original actors from the That 70s Show that have signed on, but producers are hopeful that other members of the cast will sign on as well. A network I don't talk about often, the USA Network, has confirmed that the Nash Bridges reboot film will release on November 27th. The two-hour Nash Bridges revival movie will bring back original cast members Don Johnson and Cheech Marin as elite investigators for the San Francisco Police Department's Special Investigations Unit. The original series ran for six seasons from 1996 to 2001 and was created by Carlton Cuse, best known for Lost and Bates Motel. The revival movie has been written by Bill Shays and was directed by Greg Beeman. With the revival currently being just a two-hour movie at this point, it was previously reported that the producers are hoping it will be successful enough to jumpstart a full series relaunch. And finally, at Disney+, Plus, with the conclusion of what if it was announced that there was plans for Chadwick Boseman to continue playing Star-Lord T'Challa before his untimely death. It's unclear at this point if the show was going to continue to be animated or was going to make its way into the live-action realm. The team behind What If did confirm that all of what we heard of T'Challa was formed by Chadwick Boseman and that it was unfortunate that he wasn't able to record anything for season two. Meanwhile, Disney did announce that there is an upcoming series revolving around Katherine Hahn's Agatha Harkness... the all-powerful witch that terrorized Wanda and her family in the Emmy Award-winning series WandaVision. Sources also indicate that Han signed a contract with Marvel to play the character in other streaming and film releases. When we last left Agatha, Wanda had placed her under a powerful spell that trapped her inside her nosy neighbor persona. And as Agnes, Agatha has no idea that she's a potent witch from Salem, Massachusetts. Han's upcoming projects consist of the Apple series The Shrink Next Door and Knives Out 2 for director Ryan Johnson. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, history isn't kind to those that play God. <laughs>